Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome back after a little bit of an unforeseen hiatus. Not too long, I suppose. Only a couple of weeks, but I was not planning on it. That is for sure. So thank you for your patience and thank you for the listeners that did check in. And I hope everybody is doing well. It's March. It's March in 2022 or whenever you're listening to this. But since November of last year, I've felt inspired to offer energetic impressions, which you may have heard if you've listened to this podcast since then. So offering energetic impressions for the month ahead. And then very interesting because in February I offered intuitive questions to help you kind of receive your own energetic impressions of the month ahead or of where you are right now or then. And I just find the timing quite beautiful because on March 1st, one of my, one of my beautiful cats was not feeling well. He was very lethargic and it's, (laughs) this is total sidebar so that I don't get too emotional. And also because they came to me sidebar for the purpose of a sidebar (laughs) that I've learned over the years not to really trust WebMD or Google at all when you're kind of looking up symptoms for things. It, it works a little bit with people, but many times I have, you know, diagnosed myself, gone to the doctor, and it has been something completely different. So when I was looking at the symptoms of how Bo was acting, the internet told me, oh, it sounds like upper respiratory infection because he had a real growly purr and he was really lethargic and he was sneezing a lot. So many sneezes and it came on so quickly. So on the internet said, just watch it for a couple of days. And if he doesn't get better, take them into the vet. So I did for a couple of days. But then on that first week of March, on that Thursday, when I took him in, he did not have that problem. He actually had a very aggressive cancer. 
that gave similar symptoms to what I had found through Google. But unlike the upper respiratory infection, which I was expecting some antibiotics for, there was nothing that could be done. Which in a way was kind of a blessing because I didn't have to choose between some insanely expensive surgery, which would most likely not give the best quality of life. It was the inevitable thing that happens when we decide to have a pet in our lives that one day you do have to say goodbye. And my goodbye was, yes, more sudden and a little bit sooner than I would have liked, of course. But it wasn't tragic. It wasn't anything horrible. It really, if, if there is anything horrible about it, it's the experience of losing such a deep physical love. And I want to keep my emotional feelings in this podcast. I don't want to edit out when I feel overwhelmed with emotion because I still miss him very deeply. And from my work, my energy work and my intuitive work, and then also all of the kind of self work development that I've done personally, I know that to minimize or kind of explain away deep emotion is not serving any of us. So I did feel called to show up as I do most of the time, as much as I can on this podcast in a vulnerable and very honest way. And I think it's really important to be able to shed a tear without embarrassment, to be able to feel loss, regardless of the depth of loss of people around you, which is something that I felt. How so many people have lost so many loved ones and it's, or it was, a kind of a natural reaction, a knee-jerk reaction, you could say, for me to try to minimize the, the impact of losing one of the brightest lights that I had, that I was lucky enough to have every day for the last nine years 
so lucky. One of the sweetest and the, just the best. Just the best. And adjusting to not having his physical presence with us. The adjustment of his brother, who we still have, you know, knock on wood for the next few years, hopefully. <laughs> but, but the adjustment has been pretty painful. And better than I had expected. But also much worse in ways I didn't really expect. And I even have, you know, the luxury of really understanding that love doesn't end. That the, the life doesn't end when the physical life ends. Like, I really know that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right after you've lost what you're used to having with you. And for me and my family, last summer, kind of towards the end, we had two losses in our immediate family. And a really big health scare. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because there was quite a bit of grief. A lot, a lot of grief that we went through last year. And when I realized that we had to say goodbye to Bo, there was, you know, that recognition of the grief. That grief that is a giant part of life. Having to wade through and cross that deep river without a bridge or any kind of stepping stones. That river of grief that the only way to really move through it is to move through it. And the reason I felt like I really wanted to talk about this type of grief was because it is for a pet of mine. And that can feel small to some. And I have had to say goodbye to loved ones, human beings, just late last year. And I feel that speaking to, understanding, feeling, talking about grief of all kinds is so important that ignoring the part of us that is grieving is, you know, a good way to never be fully whole and authentic to yourself. To recognize 
Everything that our hearts go through, every beginning and every end, to me feels like part of our hearts. And that makes sense to me actually because, you know, our heart is the first organ that is formed when we are being brought to life. And when that life is leaving, do you know the big signature of that is that the heartbeat is gone. And I guess that's another way of speaking to grief being part of love, interchangeable. You can't have one without the other. Because you can't have a heartbeat that doesn't beat anymore unless it did. And you know, I thought that I would do a little bit of a, a memorial for Bo just at the beginning. I had a totally different idea for this episode, but but I'm going to trust that I needed to talk about grief and maybe you needed to hear about it so maybe you can talk about it more to allow ourselves to feel it I work so much with the heart from the heart and with the energy of the heart and one aspect that I was thinking of was the open heart. You know, when our heart is open, we can really receive. We can hold the love from other people. We can hold the love of people and beings, little pets, little gorgeous animals. We can hold their love with us but we can also hold more painful emotions. When our heart is healthy, meaning capable of holding so much that it just stretches, but never breaks, never irreversibly. But I guess it's more like breaking a nose and needing to break it again, to reset it. There is a certain restructuring that happens with every broken heart, whether that be from romantic love or familial love or friendship. Wow, look at how many places in our lives that we get to share our love. It's pretty remarkable. And you know, before I really started to heal my heart, I never really cried. I don't think I cried from, you know, age 12 to 27. I was so closed off 
for many, 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 many reasons, which I'm sure over the span of this podcast, I will get into almost all of them, but I was so closed off and I just didn't cry. And it took my heart divinely open. And then because it was open and I gave it to somebody and then they broke it, we broke it, the heart, my heart was broken. That's when I could finally cry. You know, when my ex-husband ended our marriage, it was a shock. It was sudden to me. It was unexpected. That I could even have my heart broken and shattered so deeply. The only way that actually happened is I had to open my heart up. And I was only 27, but I was already 27 when I finally remembered how to feel again. Because closing my heart also meant closing myself off to my intuition, closing myself off to my intuitive gifts, our natural gifts that we all carry. And not to mention being finally open again to being able to utilize my tears. These actual, this medicine that we all have, that when we cry from an emotional reaction, our tears release like a pain medication, a cocktail of hormones that are released into our bodies when we cry. So it's by design to feel, by design to open up our hearts, to look for the promise and feel joy and fullness in the presence of that love, and then to lose it. And we need to readjust to living because everything is different. We have to readjust and learn how to live with a new body, adjusting to a new way of living with the weight of grief where even gravity feels different. And you know, I did read that the root word of grief is heavy. Maybe when that word was being created, it was being created off of the feeling. And since words were created, we've all felt that same feeling of grief, how our, our bodies make up 
changes. How a new heaviness or a perceived heaviness is universal. And that humanity, even back when words were being created, that even then they recognized that by holding the grief that they even knew that they were changed. That maybe gravity and their experience of whatever gravity was to them was different. That they felt that their body had gained something through this heartbreak that actually weighted down their physical body from a non-physical, technically, emotion. And that really makes grieving a much less isolating experience for me, at least in this moment, right now. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, if you are still with me after... Oh, there's Bandit, the co-host. He has been, he's been doing okay. But he's definitely been missing Bo, just like us. And what I wanted to share, I didn't plan on sharing so much about how I was feeling and the grief that I was moving through, but I hope that it helped you a little bit or that you just turned it off if it wasn't what you needed to hear today. And I guess you wouldn't hear that if you turned this off, but maybe in spirit you'd feel that I am applauding you listening to yourself. And that's what I wanted to share, is that I found that I have been surprised by what my heart has wanted me to do during the grief. So the Monday after we had to say goodbye to Bo, it was only a couple of days. And I thought, okay, well, I took the day off. I was like, well, well, should I take the whole week off? Like I wasn't sure. And, but I thought definitely at least for the Monday, I would just relax, you know, cuddle with Bandit just allow myself to feel and cry and do whatever I needed to do. Watch some movies or some shows. Just be cozy. I really, my head was thinking and telling me, you know, no output. Don't exert a lot of energy. Like, just be. But my heart was telling me, Keep exercising because I do exercise every day. I take Sundays off, but I, for the last almost two years, I sweat every day and it has changed my mental health in addition to other things, but it's a really great piece. And my heart knew that 
I needed to exercise. So I was still working out and I worked out on that Monday too. And it was great because it also made me laugh and cry. And it's the first time I had ever worked out where I, you know, cried through some of it. And then I would laugh at myself because that is ridiculous. But also like, okay, we're just doing it all. We're just doing it all. And then after I worked out, I thought, okay, now let's get cozy. But then this song kept moving through my mind. This song by Nat King Cole called Nature Boy. And they did a remix or a redo of it. David Bowie did one, but the main one that people may know, maybe you would know if you don't know those versions, was in Moulin Rouge. That's the one that David Bowie made. But since I was a little kid, I have loved, you know, old songs that, especially if they have like a melancholy bend to them. I just love that kind of music. And maybe it was because it was very hard for my heart to feel and be open in my real life. So I really was drawn towards those more heartbreaking melodies by, by many of the greats. And so that Monday after Bo passed, instead of just being cozy, I had this song just go over and over and over in my head. And then I put the song on. And the song made me cry so deeply and feel even more. But then I really felt like I needed to, you know, dig into the song a little bit more. So I went down a little research rabbit hole of who wrote the song, when was it recorded, all of the things. And I found... The songwriter for Nat King Cole, one of the main ones, was this super bohemian, free-spirited, basically a hippie, but in like the 1920s. And he went by Abbe, was like his nickname. And he was, you know, this Caucasian guy who traveled the world. And, and from what I gleaned, from what I read, was he was a true kind of spiritual seeker who was fascinated by the human experience. And he was also a writer and a poet and a lyricist and a songwriter. And so he wrote this song called Nature Boy that was basically autobiographical from what I've read. And he sent it to Nat King Cole and his people and they, you know, didn't get back for a while and then they heard it and it was so, it was such a different song for the time because it's very ethereal. It has a certain kind of magical charm to it. And this song, the first time I heard it, I don't remember exactly the first time, but I know I was pretty young and it just hit me 
it hit me and I listened to it over and over and over again. And so in my grief, in that deep grief, right after Bo left, the song, I just kept hearing it. So I was looking it up, looking it up, looking at the lyrics, crying to the lyrics, you know, really, in some ways it really reminded me of Bo. And it also reminded me of love and heartbreak and the true tragedy of the world for not remembering how important love is. And then I saw that the songwriter, Abbe, died on the same day that Bo died. And that to me kind of clicked, sparkled as a sign for me to, about Bo and Bandit and my partner and how much he meant to me and to us in my life. And I never would have guessed that that's what I wanted or needed to do. But I did, I sat down and I listened to the song a few times and then I wrote a tribute to Bo, an epitaph, a memorial to Bo's love. And it moved something in me. It was something important that I needed to do for myself. So I'm so glad that I listened. And my heart was right about me being able to still see my clients for our sessions, that I felt actually more grounded and it was a little bit easier to do the energy work because I was in such a present space, even if it wasn't the kind of present that I would have wanted. But it was good. It was good for my heart. When I'm doing an offering and being a conduit for healing, is that in a, in a certain way, I received a sort of healing too by serving them and offering that service to my amazing clients and their gorgeous energy. And I even had a workshop that was scheduled for this amazing community that I was um, able to facilitate for. And it was a workshop on and about your wise heart. And it was only going to be seven days after losing Bo. And I thought I would have to reschedule or cancel it. But I listened to my heart and my heart told me, no, this is actually going to be very good for you and you'll see why. And so I did, I facilitated it and it was a remarkable experience. It was incredible. And I'm really inspired and excited to offer it as a free workshop to everyone very soon. So I will keep you posted on that as well. And I would never have thought that that would have been the case. 
in my rational mind. But my heart and my body knew what was needed. And I'm so glad I listened. So I would love to read to you what I wrote for Bo and for my little family and for all of you. And then I'm going to play the song that inspired it as well. And I also posted it on my Instagram at Light, where you can see some very cute pictures of him too. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen, going on this journey with me through this episode of love and grief. And if you're also going through some grief, some challenging times, personally or really feeling it collectively. I hope that you are able to remember to listen to your hearts as well. Eleven years ago, my heart was in deep healing after a painful divorce. So when I also met the love of my life, it was quite a surprise. We'd only been dating a little over a year when we moved in together, and he suggested that we should get a kitten. I didn't have any pets growing up because my whole family was incredibly allergic to animals. I was excited, and I had always dreamed of having a cat. Although we didn't find a kitten, we did find two four-year-old boys that needed to be adopted together. Bo and Bandit were a recently surrendered, bonded pair. They both vibrated in a demolishing purr, and we fell in love with them instantly, quickly becoming a bonded foursome. Except little Bo did take a bit more time. And one night, about a month after we adopted them, he curled up next to me in bed, and then every night after that, for the next nine years. Sadly, last Friday, we found out Bo had quickly become very sick and that we would have to say goodbye late Saturday. Luckily, we could bring him home until then. Saturday morning, Bo slowly made his way into the sun rays streaming onto our kitchen floor. I stayed next to him and made sure he was extra cozy as he nestled into his favorite toys, basking in the warm light. We sat together late into the afternoon. Bandit would come over to clean him, and I helped him stay in the wake of the sun, carefully moving him around the kitchen as each hour passed trying to ignore how we had unintentionally created a heartbreaking makeshift sundial that was counting down the hours until the last rays set and we would have to say goodbye. Some may not understand why the seemingly temporary love our pets offer us is worth the heartache of losing them. But I know for sure this love is immortal fully alive, beating in step with my heart, 
beating in rhythm with the great lesson that Bo helped to etch into me. The lesson that's been taught for eternity and expressed by many before. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Thank you to our sweetest Bobo for brightening our days with your sparkling love, irreplaceable spirit, and softest paws. We miss you so much. There was a boy, a very strange enchanted boy. They say he wandered very far, very far over land and sea. A little shy and sad of eyes, but very wise was he. And then one day, a magic day, he passed my way. And while we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me. The greatest thing you'll ever learn. Just to love and be loved in return. to love and be loved in return.